Well, hello, Internet. Welcome back after a short hiatus to Kenter at Your Own Risk, starring the illustrious Kent. Say hello, Kent. Hello, or you don't Kent. have to, I guess. Nah, that's cool. <laughs> I'll do it. Hi. Hi, everybody. And, and me, Chris, the lowly sideshow freak helping this guy out. Anyways, uh, tonight we will be discussing our top ten list of supernatural horror films from the 2000s. And we will be discussing uh, Sinister and Sinister 2, what was great about the first one, and what went wrong in the second one. So So much. (laughs) (laughs) So, Kent, it's good to be back. Um, It's just the two of us this week with our list, so I don't know. Let's uh, jump right into it. Um, First of all, I want to say that I've heard a a couple good things about a couple movies, but I just didn't manage to watch them over the last month or so, so uh, I've heard nothing but good things about Dead End. I've heard nothing but good things about the movie Fragile, Demonic, The Autopsy of Jane Doe, and Ghost Stories. And again, I haven't seen any of them, so unfortunately I couldn't put them anywhere in my list or say whether or not you know the good things I heard were true or they didn't pan out. But uh, that's the situation I ended up in with for those what, what's Fragile supposed to be about? I don't think I've ever even heard of it. It sounded a lot like a mix between the others and uh, what was the one that Guillermo del Toro did? The Orphanage. Yeah, The Orphanage. Okay. So kind of like a, a mix between that. It was like, um, it took place in a, sounded like, a, I think if I remember correctly, it took place in a hospital and like... It sounded supernatural. It might not end up being supernatural in the long run. Kind of like the boy could oh. be construed as supernatural in the first place. But again, because I haven't seen it and nobody spoiled it for in the reviews I was seeing on it, uh, I don't know for certain. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I don't know anything about it. And actually, you just made me remember some other movie that I think I need on my list. But go on with, uh, I assume you're doing like an honorable mentions beforehand? Yeah. So I'll hit my honorable mention up. I like, I I guess one of the things that came about when we were making the, well, when I was making this list after we discussed it, was like how broadly supernatural can be applied to as a concept. So, I mean, you have anything from ghosts, demons otherworldly stuff to uh, magic. I don't know, I guess. Um, and I'm thinking about there are like a couple that probably should have made my list here that I didn't put into. But anyways, just to start from, uh, from I don't even remember how I picked them, but from where I started, uh, Cabin in the Woods. Really Which like th- we, we both had Cabin in yeah. the Woods as a honorable mentions because I... Well, we talked about this beforehand. It's it's tough. Do you do you actually count it as a supernatural horror? Like, what the fuck is it? I think it's one of those movies where you could almost hit it into every single bracket, just because of how it included everything. But thinking about the supernatural horror, you had the, the like the whole Japanese section where like the little grudge girl was getting banished by the school kids chanting. You know, you had like the great old ones rising at the very end. You know, because humanity fucked up. Sure. Um, I mean, I don't... I th- they never really got into why the zombies came back, but, you know, they could have been supernatural zombies as compared to uh, scientific zombies. It's one of those films that crossed 
pretty much damn near every horror genre. Like, not every, but I mean, not many what? movies covers that many subgenres of horror. Than what, that. Other, what other movie have you ever seen a scary merman in? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if sci-fi original <laughs> pictures may have made one, but that would be my best guess. <laughs> so, uh, going after that, Jeepers Creepers. I, uh, I really like the first one for, for what it was. The second one was kind of shitty. I never bothered watching the third one because just, just looking at the, uh, the trailer kind of turned me off. But I, I like the idea of the creeper. I like the, uh, the way that they... They did what they did. I think it kind of got a little bit weaker after you saw his full demonic form. But at the same time, you know, the fact that this dude is just murdering thousands of people to eat body parts one at a time. Yeah. It was, it was pretty good. I remember one of the worst things I ever saw was waking up right after Jay had first moved uh, his girlfriend and her kids into the house and seeing a three-year-old and a five-year-old watching Jeepers Creepers and knowing that they were going to be fucked. <laughs> fucking scared yeah that's great the, the girl was like i want to watch the creeper movie all the time and she would watch it she'd have fucking nightmares but i i i saw that in the theater on the original the the night of 9 11 because me and dom needed a mental break from the news and so we saw that we were like two of four people so there was other people that clearly had the same ideology of needing a mental break on that particular day um and you know watching in the movie like i know you can say this about damn near any movie but it's one of those movies that definitely it really benefited from the theater experience uh yeah like um i remember the the first night that i saw starship troopers oh yeah (laughs) yeah i i had read the book and i really liked the book and then um Four, four of us from from my high school, my brother and three of my friends, or my brother and two of my friends, drove down to Crossgates to see it. And I want to say it was like fall, late fallish when it came out. You know, and we came out and we were pumped. We were all like, yeah, let's get a tattoo. Let's join the Marines. And then I remember getting home. And as my buddy was, was getting ready to drop us off, we saw... Um, cop cars and like fire trucks on the block that we lived in i don't remember why but we ended up circling around and when we got up to my house we found out it was my house my house was on fire oh jesus so uh you know subsequent viewings i don't think it's that great a movie but you know definitely the the whole seeing it in the theater and with that group made it good cool i mean i remember when we saw episode one for for star wars and uh, I think we made Kevin sit in line for what, like nine hours to get everybody tickets. <laughs> Kevin Edwards. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> and then uh, there were so many people there that like they couldn't make every. We had like just ones and twos sitting together. Right. And, you know, the, the it was one of the first movies I ever saw where every single seat was taken up, and everybody was excited and. It didn't matter how shitty the movie was, just there was so much energy in that theater that everybody came out happy. It wasn't until after when everybody started dissecting the movie that, you know, we saw how much Jar Jar sucked. Yeah, uh, it, it, was a, it was an experience at the time, and then you go home and then you kind of reflect on it, and you're like, ah. 
And you know what? You, you mentioned Starship Troopers, and I'll say this. I, I don't know what this is about me as a human being, probably not much, but I almost made Starship Troopers my first 4K movie purchase. <laughs> but then I read that the transfers were worse than Blu-ray, and I was like, eh, so I didn't spend the $10 on it. Instead, I made uh, Independence Day my first 4K movie. I think it probably says... Dina Meyer and Denise Richards. I don't know. Maybe that's maybe I'm completely wrong. But no, no. I mean that's a, a good portion of it. I, I thought it was funny and uh, Ironside. I, I don't know, man. There's. I I know it's not a great movie, but it's an entertaining as hell movie to me, and I, I don't know. There's there's value in that for me. Yeah, definitely. All right, moving on. My next one was the others. I know a lot of people really love that movie. I liked it. I thought it was clever with the twist, but I didn't think it was was great. Do you know what I mean? No, but that's probably because it's really high up on my list. Oh, okay. <laughs> I am one of those people you just referenced. See? Yep. Uh, then Darkness Falls. With the, the Tooth Fairy. With the Tooth Fairy, was, yeah. Was I, I didn't think it was was a great movie but I thought it was an interesting take on the Tooth Fairy and there were some cool scenes I think it was just another one of those cases where something got overshadowed by um, what came out in comparison to that I don't remember what released near that but yeah it was a a creative take on it and I remember for some reason thinking it was a good idea to watch it like this first quote-unquote date I had with this girl. We watched Monster Squad and Darkness Falls. And uh, we did not have a follow-up date. So... You got kicked in the nars. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, as as unhairy as I am, cat. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, that was a... And, and you know what? I have Russ to thank for that that quote-unquote hookup. I, I, I shit you not. I gotta tell you this. We, we had... What I thought was a decent night. Like, it wasn't flawless by no means. It, it was okay, though. Like, it was the first day. It was just at her place. We hooked up after watching a movie. It was fun. Afterwards, you know, in the morning I left, and she's like, hey, just go, give me a call, you know, later on tonight or send me a text. So I sent her a text, like, I don't know, four or five-ish. I was working on a movie at the time. I heard nothing back, but the time, it was, you know, still back in the day where cell reception wasn't universal at all times, and so my phone was acting up, so I was, you know, gave it a few hours, I text her, you know, say early evening, I was still possibly out of bad range, so I got home, I was in good range, I text one last time, this was like midnight or so, she was the night person like me, and still nothing, so I stopped, you know. And then, like, a week later, I hear from Russ, and he's like, yeah, she said that you contacted her way too much and was bothering her. I'm like, well, just fucking say hi the next time, or what? It was one of the most baffling things I've ever dealt with in life. It's it's one of those things where women suck. Just, just, just <laughs> right back and be like, hey, it's not going to work, or anything, so then I don't look like an asshole for messaging back because I'm not sure whether I had cell reception. Hey, hey, I'm just not interested. Yeah. Boom, there you. Okay, I'm not I'm not I'm not stalking you anymore. Yeah. Now I know. And then two years later she friended me on Facebook. Go fucking figure. Yeah. Ah. Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. 
that's my story. All right. Now that we've wallowed in self-pity and sadness, I was going to say more along the lines of like self-embarrassment. Oh, uh, well, that's my whole life. <laughs> uh, moving on. Um, I'm going to go through the next couple just uh, pretty quick, but I had the grudge exorcism of Emily Rose, silent Hill, dead silence, paranormal activity, wreck, midnight meat train, quarantine, case 39, the last exorcism, the possession, the woman in black, mama, the quiet ones. We are still here. The conjuring part two lights out Annabelle creation, the ritual and hereditary. Now, I know that was pretty quick, but was there anything in there that you wanted to touch on? I know uh, maybe we are still here. Uh, yeah, We Are Still Here was really a freaking, I don't know, I really, really liked that movie. And if I had to rate it, it was probably like 11 or 12 on my list. I, yeah, I, it was, it would have definitely made my top 15 for sure. Quiet ones. Why? I feel like I've seen the quiet ones. I'm like, I just that pulled was, it up right now. That was the one with um, Nicholas Holt and shit. What the hell is the dude's name? Jason something. Anyways, it took place in Britain in I want to say like the 70s or the 80s, where they were doing like um, studies on like poltergeists. I remember now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It wasn't bad. Yeah. I I completely forgot that movie freaking existed. To be yeah, perfectly there were, honest. Uh, there were a lot of movies that like I, you know, I, I had forgotten that I'd seen or I even forgot about compl- like one of my fucking top five. I had forgotten about completely until I saw the and I was like, holy shit, how could I fucking forget that? Yeah. Um, and I was going to say The Witch. I had, I had Witch forgotten to mind. put that down. It should be on there, I think. Uh, the the witch is great. It, you know what? Even if you, you know, the ending is exactly the same type of ending that sometimes pisses me off. But I will say this: if nothing else, the movie's worth it for the lead actor. His voice. He has an amazing voice. Uh, you know, I just I it felt. I, I completely agree with you about the ending, but it felt earned in the yeah. witch. It, it wasn't like one of those ones where like, here's that fucking cheap ending that came out of nowhere. Almost like. That's probably why I didn't put Hereditary in my, my top ten. Because, you know, it, it felt like there was a disconnect. And I understand where it came from. But with the last five minutes of the movie, compared to everything that came before it. Sure. Well, I mean, doesn't it basically have the same ending as something like The Last Exorcism? Or uh, the fucking Rob Zombie movie that wasn't good about the witches? Uh, um, Lords of Sin? Yeah, like, they all have basically the same fucking ending. Uh, it's... Really, they almost always have the same type of ending. It's just the witch felt better than... than especially Lords of Salem, which I hated. So... But I, I love The Last Exorcism. I can't remember if you had that on your list or not, but I, I don't know. That movie was entertaining as hell to me. I, guilty yes, pleasure. I did. I'm sorry. I did. Okay. Um, I, we are still here. I, I, I want to go back to that for a second and just say I was so disappointed with the horror group. I think it was last year when this was like the movie or one of the two movies of the month and like nobody was into it. Like... This is such a well-made, low-budget horror film. 
I, I didn't understand why nobody else was really into it, really. There seemed to be, and I don't want to put words in other people's mouths, but maybe I will. Um, like, people were very into very specific things, and they weren't into just horror in general. I would go so far as say people were only interested in relatively well-known horror movies rather than broadening their horizons to something that was lesser known. Which I kind of thought was the whole point of the, the group was to explore things. You know, we've all seen Nightmare on Elm Street. We've all seen Alien and Friday the 13th. I, I kind of thought like that was the whole purpose, but... I think part of it might have been the fact that we started with one of the best-known horror movies ever. Yeah. That a lot of people hadn't seen. And then that might have set them up, I don't know, for a little uh, too much. Uh, so, like, they were expecting, you know, everything to be of the... Here we're talking about The Shining. Here we're going to talk about, I don't know, I don't even... The Exorcist, you know, major, major. And all of a sudden we're talking about... Well, choose between we are still here and, you know, so. Right, I, I understand. Um, yeah, it, it, I don't know if it's still on Netflix, but it's out there somewhere. And if you haven't seen it, it is a really cool story in the credits. I don't normally say, like, the credits were cool, but the credits were awesome as hell. Because they had that creepy music and, like, shown, like, the past history of everything that you... Like, it, it filled would, you in. I would say that this was an A movie on a B budget. Yeah, I don't even know if it was a B budget. Jesus, like, it, it really only had, what, two, well, yeah, it had the, what, the house and it had the bar, and I'm not sure if it had any other settings, really. The car. The car, okay, yeah. yeah. Like, or cars. They they just accomplished a lot, and Larry Fessenden was in it, and he is a personal fucking hero of mine. Yeah, I mean, it's there were like certain effects looked great, and then certain effects did not look that great, which is what I was getting at with the uh, the B budget. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was it was a good story, good, well acted, and you could see the flaws and lack of budget. No doubt. It was it was one of the ones I liked where, um, and I don't always like it, but uh, sometimes um, leaving things up to your judgment in regards to story, how the story goes, um, that's one of the things I liked about the ending. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, another movie you brought up that was really high up on my list that I felt deserved a little bit of love was Dead Silence. Yeah. And that was again. That was another one that we talked about actually in the the blog, back in the day. Yeah, another one that really didn't get a lot of love either. But and again, I want to say that that was something similar to Darkness Falls, where that released against another horror movie that was coming out, and it just it was. <sighs> Darkness Falls might have been Saw or Hostile, something around there. Dead Silence was that? Did that come out around? Um, Shit, I just closed IMDb. I Why even close IMDb yeah. during this podcast? I, I have it open at all times at this point moving forward. It was 2007 when it came out. Yeah. So, uh, it actually could have been hostile. 
because I'll offer this thought is that I felt that enough people didn't like it because the biggest part of the movie trailer was from the makers of Saw. Saw. And then you got a supernatural horror movie. Right. It, it was so not like Saw. It was really good. It just wasn't anything like Saw. So if you went in with any expectations of Saw, you were very let down, most likely. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, it's... Uh, they, they sh- they've gotten better um, in regards to uh, doing that with horror, but they still rely on it a lot, like... Even now, the stuff that's coming out from the makers of... Uh, the Conjuring, especially. The Conjuring, yeah, from the makers of blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And Eli Roth's name used to be whored around all the time after Hostel made it. And that, now it's now it's Bloomhouse. Yeah, Bloomhouse has a, practically a monopoly on the horror industry at, at the moment, it feels like. They're, they're the big name, but... Either way, like Dead Silence was really good. It also had a quick little cameo from the Jigsaw Puppet Billy, which, you know, obviously excited me. It was a movie, though, I admit, I didn't really care for the first time, but there was enough that brought me back, and the second time, I really liked it way more than the first time. I the, think um, I tempered expectations, right? The, be- the beginning was fucking really good. They did yeah. a really good job with the... Um, I don't know, maybe top ten, but definitely, definitely up there for, uh, especially for, you know, this genre. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I could put it up there with Scream, but you know, Scream had, you know, just a terrific fucking kickoff to the to the game, to the movie. Yeah. Um. Once again, I know you read off your list. You know, I didn't include Paranormal Activity for obvious reasons. I hated my experience going and seeing that movie, and I think it's the most overrated horror movie of the 2000s. But I own every single movie on digital now, and I actually like some of the sequels. Uh, looking back, was the original the best for you? Um, I haven't seen the fourth one. I don't. I only saw parts of the third one, but I mean, I, th- I think the really the worst thing to come out of Paranormal Activity is it kicked off what like four or five years of goddamn fucking found footage movies. Well, I mean, found footage it, it became more popularized in the mainstream. Like, found footage movies was really becoming a big thing in the earlier two thousands, just on a low low budget shit you'd find on Netflix and be like, I don't know if I want to see this. And then it became yeah. like you would go to the movie theater and see oh, shit. I can't remember. There was the one uh, Charlie was the name of the bad guy. It was found footage. It was terrible. The Gallows, I think. Oh yeah. Yep. Fuck that movie. I just want to say that. <laughs> you know, like I remember. Um, I don't remember exactly when the first one came out. I remember the second one was out when I went on my honeymoon, and that was one of the movies my wife and I saw. And it wasn't too bad but it was just you know it was just more of the same actually it came out 2007 same year as dead silence that might have been you know what that might have been the one that that eclipsed it yeah in, I, at least at least in regards to like publicity and stuff uh, yeah I, well shit the hype train was the hype train was so much that it convinced me and ron to stop our phantasm marathon on a whim to go see it 
and we regretted every decision made thereafter. Because Phantasm's awesome. You know what? It, it, it's there's <laughs> what other movie? <laughs> it's about a tall old guy throwing his balls in a teenager's face. <laughs> and that's a boy. <laughs> Angus Grimm. God, I, I've honestly, I've not that I'm ever going to fully tattoo up my bo- body, but probably like getting a tattoo of Angus Grimm is probably like someplace between number eight and ten on my list. So never going to happen, but at least on my mind. Yeah, Don Coscarelli was definitely an interesting filmmaker. Yeah, Absolutely creative. Um, another movie you mentioned. I, I feel like you said The Possession. Is that the one with uh, Negan, Jeffrey Dean Morgan? Yeah, yeah. I the saw one it in like, the theater. It wasn't bad. No, it was. It was. Um, there were parts of it that were good. Parts of it that were okay. Um, yeah, like I remember, you know, like the scene where he looks down her throat and he sees the fucking hand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I remember the the ending, the like the. I don't necessarily want to call it a exorcism, but for lack of the the exorcism was pretty well done in that, compared to say something like. Deliver Us from Evil, which looked really good when it was in the trailers, and then watching it was kind of just boring. Right. Um, there, was one, there was only one other movie that I really want to mention from your list, and then we can move along here. Um, the Exorcism of Emily Rose was a su- surprisingly well-done movie. I, I wasn't sure from the trailers if I was going to like it, but I did. Yeah, it was. It was, um, again, I think that's one that's that was underlooked when it came out, but I think it's, I don't necessarily want to say cult following, but it definitely hits a lot of like top lists from that time. Absolutely. So I think it's, it's something that's grown, you know, definitely at least in the video, uh, DVD streaming era. I would agree with that. All right. Uh, well then you don't want to mention anything else. We'll get into my top 10 list and I'm going to piss you off with number 10. Uh, but I, I pick. I know I'm gonna piss you off with it. But I put it follows. Uh, I I had it on my on my list as a um, honorable mention, but yeah, I, I'm it disappointed. Was, I know it fed into a lot of tropes, and you typically don't like that. But I think it was inventive enough, especially if you are of the the opinion that the thing is walking up past them outside in the window right at the end to just, you know, it was kind of bleak but it was, like, a lot of the ones that, that made my list had, like, parts that either either outright scared me or, like, creeped me out and, like, uh, I think that the, whatever the hell you want to call the, the creature, the ghost, the spirit, the entity that they had in this thing was fucking, was creepy. Yeah, I- I always just call it an entity. Um, and I would say this. It was really freaking creative. I, I like the creativity behind it. And honestly, I'm really surprised they did not follow it up with a sequel. Like, did that not seem... Oh, I'm sorry. Hollywood, don't listen. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, there, there was... 
I would say this. There was enough good parts that I put it on my honorable mention. I own it on Blu-ray. I own it digitally. I, I own the movie. It's not that I hate it. It's just that I always sit there and say, it could have been better. It could have. But, like, I, one of the parts I really liked was the scene on the beach where you see it show up behind her and then you see nothing and it's fucking lifting her up in the air by her hair. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that, yeah, and I, th- I start thinking about it and I'm like, how would I get away? And then I think, uh, I'm like, oh, I'm married. You know, I don't have sex anymore. I don't have to worry about this shit at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking safe. Ah, <laughs> uh, good See, old and that's, life. That's like basically the only one out of these top ten that I can say I'm completely safe on. So <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, you're, you're, you're good. And yeah, I, I don't know. I, I respect the fact that you put it on your top ten. I just didn't have it nearly that high. I probably had it in my 20s. Yeah, I mean, I, again... It probably could have made 11. There's, there was a couple. Like, I want to say, like, maybe 10 to 15 was a harder list for me than 9 to 1. I would say my top five were so much easier than my 6 through 15. I, I really scrambled a little bit on that. All right, so jumping up to number nine for me was The Pact. Oh, shit, I forgot about The Act. Now, now looking at this movie, and looking at the cast of this movie, it would be completely okay to believe, hey, holy shit, Casper Van Dien's in it. It's automatically a shit movie. But no, he actually does, A, a decent job for once, or maybe twice, in this movie. But just the, the whole idea of there being a ghost and a serial killer and never quite being sure of which one was responsible for what was uh, was really well done. Um, I mean, I think it's it's something that, like, uh, I think Peter Straub did in a book way before this was made into a movie, so I don't know if that ever factored into the, the guy's ideas when he was making this. But um, the guy who, who played the serial killer, uh, he's pretty fucking creepy looking. I mean, he did he did a real good job of, like, how he moved for being, you know, stuck in the basement subcompact whatever was that the guy judas and charles barlow right uh i know he did the the demogorgon in stranger things season one. Oh, okay well i'm looking him up now i think it's probably yeah it's this yeah. guy it's a uh, mark steger yeah oh he was also an infected in i am legend and was also a part of the crew on american horror story I, I I like this movie enough that I was willing to... I've shown this movie to, like, two or three different people. Like, I always get... I always try to pick a movie to watch with somebody that I think that they'll enjoy. And so far, I've never heard a complaint from anybody that's watched The Pact with me. Because it was a really smart, well-written movie. And I loved Stevie in it. Yeah, I mean, it's... You know, it, it seemed to me to be, like... I want to say it had, like... A B cast, B director, B bunch of everything, but it was one of those situations where everything clicked and it came together and it was better than the sum of its parts. Would you go so far as to say that I, I've, I've often thought about this? I wouldn't want this honestly with an A cast because I don't, I don't know. I kind of just liked how it was done. I, I don't. I'm, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, 
and I want to say some of the people have gone on to become more famous since then. Some of them have basically been become genre fixtures. But uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of horror is definitely one of those genres where you don't need to have A-list people as long as you have people who commit and who are decent actors and actresses. I would agree with that. Did you like the sequel? I have not seen the sequel, but I did not hear anywhere near as much good things about it as I did. So I don't know. Have you seen it? Yeah, because it, it was it was at the very least uh, on Netflix when I caught it, and uh, obviously it's not as good. It's almost it, it's a very similar. It's a it's a sequel that stays very similar to the original. Uh, I feel like Stevie had a bigger role, but it wasn't as good of a role as the original. Like, it was the original, and you deduct 25%, and you have the pack, too. Gotcha. Well. Okay. <laughs> my, um, my number eight, and I'm not sure if you've seen this one, but it was Oculus. Son of a bitch. Uh, you know what my number eight is? Oculus. Was it really? Uh, yeah. Again, this was one of the ones... Um, I don't want to say it came out, from, came out of nowhere, but I remember when it, it was being advertised, it looked like a ton of other things that had, had come out, had been out right around the same time. But this was just really well filmed really well acted you know like everybody who um who uh who was in it i liked um the director has done some some great shit since then uh yeah he's really uh he's done a lot of things i've liked actually he he was the editor for hush he did and gerald's game he did before i wake he edited the sequel to Ouija, which was actually pretty good. Gerald's Game. He did one of the Hunting of Hill House, and he's doing Doctor Sleep, so I'm super excited for that. I hope it's it turns out as well as I like, as the, the book did, because that was a great book. Which, incidentally, if you didn't know, is the sequel to The Shining. I still know nothing about Doctor Sleep, and I'm probably not going to read the book. I'll probably just end up watching the movie like a fucking plebeian, but I'm hoping that it turns out good he you know the book ended up coming out really well you know i was i was surprised especially you know this is like stephen king going back to one of his most famous books you know 40 years later it, it, it was really good so like danny torrance you know was a good character in the shining it felt like a real evolution for him compared to you know like he didn't grow up all fucking fluffy and happy and happy-go-lucky right yeah uh, you know what i'll tell you what held me off on this movie for probably three years wwe was heavily involved in promoting this and producing it and by and large wwe production movies are complete shit and i'm a huge wwe fan so i avoided this because i knew the wwe thing and as you mentioned the trailer kind of just made it look like another one of these type of movies that didn't look like it was going to be anything. So I, I held off, and when I saw it, I told people that it was great, 
And they're like, no, no, it couldn't have been Graham. Like, just give it a fucking chance. And I think maybe three or four people gave it a chance, but everybody that gave it a chance walked away, I think, in a similar vein as saying they were impressed by what it was. Uh, I mean, um, you know, I'd, I'd never seen Brendan Thwaites before, but I, I've liked most of the stuff that he's been in since then. Uh, I had never seen Karen Gillan before, but since then I've I've seen, you know, like, her whole run on the Doctor Who show, and okay, I can understand why. Like everybody was so so big into her. Um, the dad, I don't remember exactly who the dad was, but I know I've seen him in other stuff, and he was good. And uh, yeah, I was like, that was a really good part for Katie Sackhoff. I was like, you know, com- I didn't really like her in Battlestar Galactica, but everything she's done since then has made me appreciate her more. Yeah, so. I. I know I've seen her in some other stuff. Uh, I was, yeah, I, I've seen her in a couple of things at the very least, and yeah, I, I like her. It, it was a likable cast. It, it was a movie that flew under the radar, even though it got a theatrical release. I don't know. I don't, did it bomb in the theater? Do you know? Or uh, I think it did okay. okay. Didn't do didn't do great, but it was um. Uh, Yeah, I think it was just kind of middle of the road, you know, in regards to its its box office. Fair enough. Well, to segue into my next one, uh, writing on the Doctor Sleep Coattails, I have It Part One. I loved, loved, loved the miniseries back in the day. Uh, it was one of probably one of my favorite early Stephen King adaptations. Um, I went and rewatched it recently, and parts of it were still good, but yeah, it didn't age well. I mean, I still love Tim Curry as Pennywise, but uh, you know, looking at a lot of the special effects, you're like, yeah, okay, why did that scare me twenty years ago, twenty five years ago? I'll offer this. Do you think that I think part one, the first half of the original aged way better than the second half. I thought the second half, when I watched it, was kind of painful a lot of times. Well, yeah, I mean, part of it is anytime you put an adult or an adult-sized person up against kids, you know, even if he's a monster, if he's not a monster, there's, there's an element of menace that you don't have when you put a clown up against nine adults. You know, all of a sudden when you're seeing a whole bunch of balloons in the library when you're adults, you're like, what the fuck? Why the hell is this scary? You know, taken out of context with the kids. Um, that being said, they did a fucking good job of bringing it right from the get-go in it. Like, okay, you didn't really see too much of the violence in the the original miniseries. This, as soon as they fucking ripped uh, Frankie's arm off, I was like, yeah, okay. You know, they're showing the, the, what the fucking stakes are for real <laughs> in this. Did you say Frankie? Or Wasn't it Georgie? George, whatever, Georgie, Frankie. Frankie, Georgie. <laughs> no, okay. I- <laughs> but you, you, the little kid, his little brother, <laughs> with the fucking boat. Dude, I have a Funko Pop figurine of Georgie. Denbro is his name. Yeah, without his arm? Um, <laughs> no, he still he has the little paper boat in his hand. Actually... I have Pennywise, then Georgie, then another Pennywise. 
it's like Pennywise with blood on his mouth, like after he uh, <laughs> feasted on Georgie. Like I have it arranged particularly that way. So I mean, I know there were a lot of people who were who liked it. You know, it did really well, and then there were a lot of people who who liked it but were like, "Oh, it's it's too different from the books." But I think um, I think it worked out a lot in regards to some of the changes, like. In 2018, you know, 1950s life doesn't make as much sense to everybody as 1980s life does. You know, so updating the setting, I think, worked in its favor. I mean, yeah. think, th- I mean, think about it. Like, 1950s to us was like mythical time because 20, 30 years before we were born. Now, 20 or 30 years later, you know. What is that going to mean to you know an eleven year old? That makes sense. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. It 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 was one of the best done remakes to come along in in a in a long while, and you know it's the thing is people can't grasp the concept that. Just because you like the new one doesn't mean that you have to bash the old one. You can like both versions. You don't have to pick a side. Like, you uh, can still have fond memories of the original and still say this new one's really good. Exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, like, the other thing was, and one of my, my buddies down here brought it up to me, is, like, it has the most vicious rock fight I've ever seen in a fucking... Like, I'm surprised people didn't fucking die when they were filming that. That was brutal, Yeah. I'm like, I hated a bunch of kids when I was growing up, and I would never have thrown rocks at them like that. <laughs> that was fucking, damn. Yeah, that was a uh, that was gangsta, if you will. I agree completely. I I also because I'm probably going to forget when we talk about Sinister, but I just read I didn't know this that uh, James Ran- Ransom or whatever is it Ransom? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's going to be, be in part two. Yeah, as Eddie. Yep. Yeah, I'm excited for that. I am too. It is. It is fucking. I saw a scene, a shot of them walking down the street. I'm like, wow, that's like probably one of the best gathered casts. In uh, did we have this discussion before? Mm, you're asking a person with a terrible memory. I don't remember if one of our podcasts we talked about what was like the best cast, ensemble cast, and we were talking about. Oh, it. we did talk about. And I, I was that, like, yeah. I think it part two will probably definitely beat it part one, and. Maybe, you know, something like Scream or I Know What You Scream Two or I Know What You Did Last Summer. Yeah, because I was making an argument for Scream Two being the best collection of talent in a horror movie. I, mm-hmm. I know I had that conversation. Yeah. I think I think we yeah, I think I think a part two might might actually beat Scream Two. I, I'm I'm all for it. Like I'm not opposed to any like it, I'm I have high hopes, and I'm really... Hell, this is probably the only movie I'm going to see this year at the theater, so... There you go. All right, then to move on to my number six, and I know we talked this to death, so I won't hit it up too much, but I fucking loved The Babadook. Yes, so did I, and... It's on my list... And I have the special edition <laughs> Blu-ray that has the pop-up book to it. Fuck that shit, dude. 
<laughs> that would have been burned like before I opened the box. Like you open the cover and it pops open. I'm like, oh my god, this is great. It was well worth the extra. I don't know, five, ten bucks, whatever. I was like, yep. And, and once again, since I mentioned it with Angus Scrim, the Babadook's even higher up on potential tattoos that I really want to get. Love the Babadook. So, I mean, uh, we talked it to death in the month we did it, so I'm not going to go into it too much, but yeah, it's just a green movie. If you haven't seen it, go out and fucking see The Babadook. All right. My number five was the one I had completely forgotten about until I fucking was looking at, at lists, but I don't know if you've ever seen it. Session 9? God damn it. That was like my, my, my one thing I was like, I'm going to have it. Chris will not have fucking Session 9. Ah, yeah. Um, God, hey, that was fuck you. Such a fucking good movie. And <laughs> the greatest scene in any film I've ever seen is him just doing, hey, fuck you. <laughs> such a good movie. And, like, I can't believe it. You know what? It's because it wasn't flashy, it wasn't really over the top. You know, it was just such a subtle, subdued movie that I think it, it loses out to a lot of. Uh, more over-the-top horror movies when, it, when, you know, lists are being made and people forget about it. But, goddamn, you know, what a scary movie to make on a fucking string and a prayer. Just re- relying on solid acting. Yeah, I don't even remember if, if the, um, like, the tapes they listened to were real or not, but, you know, if they weren't, you know, just solid voice acting. Yeah, that, like, I mean, this opened the gate for... What the fuck was that movie with John Cusack? Um, are we talking about Identity? Yeah, like... Identity get, got some props, but I mean, this happened before Identity, and this was... I, I always thought that Identity... Like, whoever watched, made Identity saw Session 9 is like, yeah, let's make this movie. Yeah. And uh, this is definitely top 10 movies that I've shown other people because it's who's seen Session 9 like it's not for the mainstream audience so it was like an easy movie for me to be like I know you haven't seen this let's watch it and I've never had a bad reaction to this movie which is also why I anticipate you hadn't seen it (laughs) I I own it I own it on DVD I don't think it's on Blu-ray I don't think so I don't think there's been a Blu-ray release yet and you know the the main dude. I always forget about him as an actor until I see like a trailer with him in it or something, and then I'm like, ah, oh, that's where I fucking seen that guy from before. So, yeah, storytelling. I don't know. Everything about that was good. I don't know. Very very good movie. Yeah, like very one good. of the scenes that sticks with me is when he's he's down. The one dude's down in the basement, and the lights just start going off, and he's running trying to stay ahead of it before oh, he, he gets that- lost on it. It's it, that's kind of scary. Like, I mean, I put myself in that position. I'm like, fuck no, dude. In a fucking abandoned insane asylum. Yeah, fuck no. I, I also think of uh, when the guy his was his eyes are out or he has the gold coins over his eyes. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. And it's just a creepy visual. I, I always, I don't know. Still, it's the tapes. The tapes without the tapes, that movie isn't nearly as good. The tapes. Put it over the top oh, for me. Definitely. Tapes are what sell it. All right. Well, moving on to my number four. This movie scared me more than any movie I have seen in fucking probably about 20 years. 
I had nightmares. I couldn't sleep. I stayed up all night when I was in the army after watching this shit. And I had to work the next day, so it was fucking a goddamn long day. But the ring scared the fuck out of me. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I went through multiple years of being deployed in a war zone, and the ring scared me more than almost any fucking goddamn day I had in Iraq. That fucking little girl. You know what? 90% of the movie, I was like, what? What's, the, what's this movie? Why is everybody saying this is so good? Why is everybody fucking... And then she crawled out of the fucking TV and I didn't sleep for another 27 hours. So, uh, Alright, so... I, I know we've talked about this a little bit. I think we talked about this and this kind of led to this list, actually. I think the yeah, last podcast... Was one of, yeah, right after, right after we talked about the last podcast. Yeah, uh... This is in my top five, if not top three, all-time favorite horror movies. Um, the I, I like you take away Samara and all that shit. The imagery, I, I love the imagery used in the video. It to me that that was creepy as hell. And then there was the one moment that I, I always feel is most underrated moment in that movie, like. The mom sitting there with her kid. She's like, well, we did this, this. And the kid's just like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. It was like that aha moment. It was like, oh, this is going to get good. Yeah. Fucking love that movie. Yeah, it was... I mean, I can't... I don't know what how much higher praise I can give a movie is that it scared the shit out of me. Did you see it in the theater by any chance? No, I watched it. I was alone in my barracks room. Uh, it was like, I, I want to say I started to run like 10 o'clock with the lights off. Everything was dark. And like I said, I couldn't fucking get to sleep after that. I was like, gotta watch happy movies. Gotta watch happy movies. Yeah. And then like, I just finished watching, I forgot what, like South Park or something. And I was like, okay, this is not fucking working. <laughs> I feel bad. I went to the, th movie theater with two friends and one was a girl who does not really enjoy horror movies by and large usually kind of scared of them uh so i in hindsight kind of feel bad but i had no idea it was going to be as scary as it was i just thought eh, it'll be a fun movie prize starter for life i don't know i'm okay with it either way it was also the first thing i'd ever seen naomi watson so love naomi watts yeah so, to move on to that, um, my next three are kind of um, kind of mainstream, but I, I really like them, and I liked um, I like the production value, the acting, and just the storyline in them. But uh, my number three is Insidious. I know um, you're not a huge fan of that. If at all. Right. Yeah, I'm I'm just I'm not. But I really enjoyed it. Uh I really like Patrick Wilson and uh Rose Byrne. Uh and Lynn Shay. Yeah, Lynn Shay's definitely um she, I am glad that she's managed to keep her career alive in horror, you know, and not really compromise. I feel that Insidious rejuvenated her career, made her I, more of a household really, name again. I really think it did. I mean, if, 
like if you look now, she's having her name above the movie titles and uh so like I forgot I saw something recently that looked like maybe direct to video or not getting like a limited release, but it was Lynn Shea's blah blah blah, whatever it was that was coming out, so um but yeah, I thought it was creepy. I, I like one of the uh, my best memories of watching Insidious for the first time was um, my wife was sitting on the couch watching it, and when the movie started, she was just sitting on the couch normally. You know, I want to say like twenty minutes in, she had a blanket in her lap, and as the movie kept going, that blanket kept going further and further up until at the end of the movie, when he goes into the further to rescue his son. She had a, the blanket clutching her hands up over her nose. And so, like, the only thing you could see were her glasses <laughs> on up. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, yeah, the, the further ones that they've gone into, uh, I don't think were as good, or at least as scary. You know, I like the, the story that they've created for this universe, but... Uh, I think the first one was definitely the scariest in regards to, you know, what the hell was going on between the demon thing, the creepy dude who was, the, you know, the first one to attack her, and the, the woman in black, the woman in black, uh, going after uh, what's-his-nuts at the end. Right. It, I don't know, I, I've already said this before, my, my biggest gripe is jump scares for the sake of jump scares. If you throw away the jump scares that probably I would actually really love that movie because there was a lot to love about it but yeah I got I got so frustrated with the jump scares that it's frustrating to me that that's how I can sum it up because there's a great movie there but I can't enjoy it so my number two incidentally also has Patrick Wilson and we're talking about The Conjuring which I think I know a lot of people hated on it when it came out because it was so mainstream, but I think it was a fucking great movie, too. And, um, you know, just good good performances all around. I mean, you, we've got the whole Ed and Lorraine Warren universe now. But, um, you know, despite what you want to say about any of the, the sequels, like, Annabelle in that fucking first movie was fucking creepy as shit. Unfortunately, I didn't like the first Annabelle. I've heard pretty good things about the second one, though. Uh, well, I'm talking about when she, you know, when they did the the Conjuring, and you know, oh, it, opens, yeah. it opens up with them telling the story about, you know, Ed and Lorraine are talking about how they met the two girls who had had Annabelle and how they she came into their possession. That's an incredibly underrated horror movie opening scene. By yeah, the way. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, um, yeah, just like the, the scene where, um, uh, what's her, Lily, uh, can't remember what her name is off the top of my head now, um, is, uh, on the, the, uh, stairwell doing like the, uh, the clap game with her kids and the two arms reach out around her and clap around her. Like I, that fucking freaked me out when we <laughs> Lily Taylor, when we were, uh, in the theater, I saw that one in the theater. I was like, they did a really good job of, uh making a mainstream horror movie scary. I mean, I would say that was that was what its success was, too. They made a mainstream, high-budget horror movie, and they made it scary. Yeah, I, I mean, it had terrific 
cast. I I'm, I I one hundred percent believe Vera Farmiga is one of the top ten actresses that I I see. I like Patrick Wilson. I like Ron Livingston. I like Lily Taylor some of the time. Uh, this time it worked really well for me. Uh, yeah. Haley McFarlane I I like too. Just everything about it really, really, really resonated well with me, and it kind of actually got better with repeated viewings for me. I mean, I I think the the one part that I find is kind of I don't want to say bad, but just a letdown compared to the rest of the movie. It's just the ending. You know, like the final confrontation feels. Uh, do you know what I mean? It. The, the, here's a question: Which which final thing was worse, that or Amityville Horror? Which which version of Amityville Horror? Well, let's go with the original. I don't want to talk about the remake. <laughs> well, I mean, there've been what five remakes now? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I feel they were both like similar level of disappointment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I, I agree that the ending's probably the only thing that I really... Like, Like I think Conjuring is a better movie than The Conjuring 2, but I think The Conjuring 2's climax felt much more... Um, like, there was much more at stake than The Conjuring did. I would agree with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the only other thing... Actually, I can't even complain. The Conjuring... And I know this is like a really random thing, but the jump scares, there was only a couple versus Insidious. And there's like a really weird fine gray area for me where like one to two jump scares I'm okay with, but beyond that, I think it's lazy. What I, what I don't like is when there's a jump scare and then after you jump, before you come down, there's another jump scare. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't... At my age, with my heart, I, I'm not down with that. I mean, it's it's really successful sometimes, but at the same time, I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you, director. <laughs> right, like, immediately flip off the, the screen and be, like, pissed off. Okay, and then for my number one, um, and this just this last month, really, far, I fucking love Sinister. Like, just everything about the movie did it for me. The sequel, not so much, but, like, the first one. The, the 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 sound the editing Ethan Hawke uh, Bagul you know just overall it fucking uh, it really got me like I remember I was sitting there the the very first time I was watching it I was watching a pirated copy and I was uh, at work and I was at one of the posts that that was outside by myself with with no backup anywhere near me. And um, it got to the part where um, he's he's looking at the tape where the the old versions where Bagul is in the background, and he turns and and looks at him through the uh, the film. Yeah. And my copy died right at that spot. Oh. And it, it's like two o'clock in the morning. I'm out there by myself, like with my back to like everything and so all of a sudden I start fucking looking around over my shoulder I'm like what the fuck <laughs> yeah that would have creeped me the fuck out <laughs> yeah so it was like I mean part of it was the experience but I just uh, I think it was really well written 
And unfortunately, it's an example of why you don't always necessarily need to do a sequel. I, I agree. Hell, here I, I met because I just watched both of them today. Like I woke up, got over my migraine. I watched. I started watching Sinister One last night, but I finished it today. And my dumbass forgot that final freaking scene with the jump scare, and it got me. And some swear words definitely came out of my mouth. <laughs> I, I was like, God damn it. Like, it just. But I, had, I immediately like, laughed at it, too, because I was like, how did I forget about that? But, um, you know, I, I tend to forget how good Ethan Hawke is until I watch a fucking movie that he's in, and I'm like, God damn, this guy's a fucking great actor, and he doesn't get anywhere near enough props. Yeah, that was pretty much exactly what I would say. It, it's weird, because I, I, now that I've seen him do enough horror, uh, I want to see him do more... I'd like to see him do more horror, but whatever. Just get the man more roles, because he's criminally underrated. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean, you for, when you think of Training Day, you're always thinking Denzel, but then you forget, oh, fucking Ethan Hawke was really good in that, too. You know? you Ethan Hawke was in a... Like, that was a horror scene that he was in, that one scene with the, I don't know, the Latino guys. Like, you you that, ever had your shit pushed in, Hawks? I've had my shit pushed in. <laughs> fucking Cliff Curtis, man. <laughs> Nailed it. Like, that guy's God. fucking great, too, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I think about, like, like the... I think the whole reason that the first Purge actually got sequels made was probably in good portion due to Ethan Hawke. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the first Purge movie itself wasn't even that great, but because of his star power, I think people saw it, and it, the idea was there for it. And I actually... It's one of the few examples where I think as the franchise progressed, they improved upon it mm-hmm. in some way. Definitely. Yeah, so, um, I mean, there's my list. Fantastic. Um, all right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quickly try to go through my, uh, my, my honorable mentions. I apologize. There's going to be some that are repeats. I'm going to try to avoid them as I go down it. Um, Conjuring 2, I, I do feel is a good movie, just didn't, not top 10. Um, yeah, I really like The Nun. Yeah. As fuck too. Not the, necessarily the movie, but the the character. Yeah. yeah. Um, I had the orphanage on there because that was a really well done. Uh, I fucking forgot about that one. Okay. <laughs> um, I wasn't sure if Drag Me to Hell counted, but I liked the movie. I just wasn't sure if I could count it, so I yes sit keeping. Um, the first Haunting in Connecticut Part Two can eat a fat dick. Uh, <laughs> let's see the witch. It follows. Lake Mungo, I wasn't a huge fan of it, but I highly recommend it to people because there's definitely a fan base for it. Uh, I don't know. I think I saw it like on Shudder or something like that. But yeah, I've never seen it. It, it, it. It's okay. Like, <clears throat> like I said, it's a very divisive movie. I would say, um, The House of the Devil. I wasn't sure if that counted. If it did, it probably would have been my top ten, but I was iffy. Um, last Shift. Decent movie, terrible ending. Actually, really good movie, terrible ending. I'll go that far. far. Um, 
I noticed on a lot of lists, The Devil's Backbone. I've never seen it. Devil's but Backbone. But it's on a lot of lists. Which one is that? The Devil's Backbone? Uh, was it uh, Guillermo? Oh, that yeah, it? that was the Guillermo one. Yeah. Uh, I just... I, it's something that's always just kind of been on my list, but I never got around to it, so there is that. Um, let's see. I had Final Destination, and once again, that's an iffy one, whether it counted, so I didn't include it. Uh, <laughs> guilty pleasure here, but the movie Devil. Uh, <laughs> you know, no, I heard I heard a lot of good things about that. I, I liked it. Like, I, I get it wasn't great, but it definitely... It, it entertains me every time I see it, and I've seen it probably six times or so. Um, a movie in the same vein as Session 9, but more found footage, a film called Grave Encounters. I highly, highly recommend that movie so much. Uh, if you're not a fan of found footage, it's one of the best found footage movies I've ever seen. Uh, low budget, but it's in a mental asylum and all that shit, so there's that. Um, I th- the movie Clown, which the main guy's name is Kent, so... Wait, wait, did you say Clown? Clown, yeah. Oh, yeah, that wasn't that wasn't bad at all. That was, um... It's definitely, again, another one of the ones where, like, being a kid does not make you safe. Right, yeah, exactly. I think, um... I mean, I think it could have been better. Uh, I think that was one of the reasons why it was delayed from when it was supposed to come out in 2014 until it actually got released in 2016. Makes sense. I, it definitely had pot- more potential than what it showed. Yeah, but I mean, there were a lot of creepiness that... It probably could have skipped a little more of the family dynamic and got more into the horror section, but... Yeah, I, I would a lot of that. what they were going with. Yeah. Um, I <laughs> this is a very unpopular choice, but the movie Unfriended, I found that to be a really guilty pleasure movie. I don't care, you know, if people don't like it, that's fine. It's not for everybody. I I get it, but for me, it pleased me. So, um, and the, all right, I have two more on my honorables here. Uh, one called Nails. Have you ever seen it by any chance? Uh, no, like M-A-L-E-S? And like, you know, fingernails? Oh. It stars oh. Shauna McDonald from The Descent. I've I've seen uh, posters for it, but I've never actually seen it. I didn't think it was going to be that good, but I watched it last year in October, and I walked away pleasantly surprised. Like, it wasn't bad. I don't even like Shauna McDonald, but I liked this movie. It, it I don't know. It it was just creepy enough to keep my attention. Uh, the story to it at times was predictable, but, I mean, you can say that about 95% of horror it was just the tone of it was creepy. The entity was creepy. The storyline was good about it. So, I don't know. I, I highly recommend it if, you know, on a night where you're just like, I want something that, you know, I can just enjoy briefly, go for it. Um, 
And my last movie is another guilty pleasure. It's a movie called Don't Kill It, starring oh, Dolph, Dolph Lundgren. Lundgren. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> have you seen that? I have. Uh, yeah, there was a Kickstarter, actually, to make that. It was, again, it wasn't a bad movie. It's the uh, the type of B-movie that could definitely have benefited from having a larger budget, but it was a good time. Yeah, it, it, it was funny. I don't even know. You probably don't even classify it as horror, but there's a lot going on to it, and Christina Klebe's in it. She's good. I don't know. Highly recommend uh, for a good laugh. With that being said, a lot of my top ten has been discussed earlier, but that doesn't mean the entirety of it has. So at number ten, I had Silent Hill. Yeah, it was a pretty good movie. I... I mean, Pyramid Head alone was creepy, and I will never get the scene where they're getting burned alive. Like, that, I don't know, that whole thing, I'm just like, god damn it, there's, you know, you watch a horror movie, you're like, I don't ever want that to happen. I always think of that burning scene as, like, one of the, like, how she got burned and and lowered. uh, Lori, I can't remember Lori's last name. But Lori Holden, I think her name is. Yeah. Um, she did a really good job. I I don't know. There was a lot that I truly liked about that movie. It, I don't know. I saw it in the theater. Uh, I did not care much for the sequel, but no. Uh, I mean, uh, even even Kit Harrington didn't really care much for the sequel. Wasn't uh, Sean Bean in that? He was. He was in. Uh, he was in both. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, I just, I don't know, I, I really liked it, and I, I thought visually, too, I, I liked how they made the town, I, I don't know, there's that's, a lot of things. That's one I think people forget about when they talk about video game movies never being any good. See, I've never played much of a Silent Hill video game, so I didn't, I didn't have anything to compare it to, I just kind of saw it as, as a movie, rather you know, I didn't have it. So it was kind of like Resident Evil. I'd never played a Resident Evil game before seeing the movie, surprisingly. <laughs> no, it, was, so. um, it was pretty good. It didn't really... It combined stuff from, like, the first two or three uh, Silent Hills. But it was, you know, it wasn't a bad movie. Excuse me. By any means. So I have <laughs> no idea why it's got a 31 on Metacritic, but fuck those guys. Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes. I, I don't... <sighs> I struggle, I struggle finding any place that I trust judgment. Uh, like if I'm looking on IMDb, I add one to one point five to any rating, and consider that probably where I would score something. Um, you know, on a really random related note, on the Nintendo Wii, there was a Juon video game, and it, you just kind of walked around with a flashlight, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you could activate the second controller and move it or hit a button. You could do all sorts of things, and that would cause like a ghost to suddenly pop up and scare the person playing it. I thought that was a really great gimmick at the time. <laughs> uh, lots of fun, because you know, especially when the person doesn't know that you have the ability, so you're just kind of fucking around like you have the controller to your side. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, 
Number nine. I was surprised you didn't mention this, but maybe you're just not a fan. Uh, Mirrors. With uh, Kiefer. Oh, you know what? I've never seen it. Well, I actually just bought it uh, digitally two weeks ago, I think. It was on sale for five bucks for both one and two. I basically paid five bucks for part one. Uh, since you haven't seen it, hell, I can't even remember much of the story other than, you know, like, your reflection in the mirror does some crazy shit, and it's a cool concept. It's a visually cool concept. There was enough there to, like, uh, definitely something to consider watching down the line. Gotcha. Uh, um, number eight, I had Oculus, as I said. Number seven, session nine. Number six, Sinister. And I'll just say, aside from number five, we've talked about Babadook, Conjuring. Oh, wait, we didn't talk about my number two. And The Ring. I had The Ring at number one. Yeah, I mean, that, well, originally when I talked to you last, last month, I was like, The Ring is going to be my number one. But I was like, you know, I think the other three edged out just in terms of, of what I like. The Ring definitely scared me more than any of my top three, though. I'll say this. My top five all started with the word the, which <laughs> I'm like looking at this. I'm like, that's pretty funny. Um, my number five is a, a remake from an, uh, I can't remember, I think Korean film called Tale of Two Sisters. I'm talking about The Uninvited. Okay. Uh, you ever see it? Uh, I've seen a Tale of Two Sisters. Okay. See, I haven't seen Tale of Two Sisters, but I'm pretty sure it's very close in, in storytelling and I mean the same twist at the end if you yeah. will. Yes. Um, I just thought it was a really inventive take on it. Like I'm sure it's been done before. It's not that uh, but the way that they paced the story and everything, it was all there for you to you know, you could have picked up on it instantly in, you know, if you wanted to think about it that way but they did it so well that the twist at the end was really a welcome twist. A lot of horror movie twists don't get it right. This one, I thought, did. And, uh, shit, I can't remember who the main chick is. I think she became uh, semi-famous, at least, didn't she? It was, um, she did um, Sucker Punch. Mm, uh, Emily Browning. Yep. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Oh, and Elizabeth Banks was in it. God damn. She was a stepmom. Yeah, I remember... Yeah. I remember seeing this again. That was one that I hadn't um, actually seen, so I couldn't. Fair enough. Couldn't rate it. Gotcha. Um, so, uh, yeah. I, I, once even though, if you've seen Tale of Two Sisters, it's probably going to be basically the same. Um, and my number two movie was The Others. Uh, <laughs> I think. Before the podcast, we were talking about this, or at some point we talked about the others, and I am, in fact, one of those people that have a raging fucking clue for this movie. Uh, Another good twist that I didn't see coming. I don't know. I'm sure there are people that saw it coming, and whatever, that's cool. Uh, I just like the storytelling aspect. I, I don't think there were any scares in the movie. Uh... The pacing at times was. Yeah, a no, I mean, slow. I really remember it being creepy, but not like scary. Right. I I, I liked. I don't know. I just liked the pacing. I, I liked. 
I think it may have been a little long. I'm not a huge Nicole Kidman fan even, but uh, I don't know. There was enough there that every time I rewatch it, I, I always give myself a couple years in between watching it, and every time, it's uh, it's always just a pleasant experience, and it was just high quality without much scares. But it kind of I, I felt it fit our criteria. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that that was like I said, most of the stuff that I had we'd already covered ad nauseum and. I, I mean, really, looking at some of these lists online, there are so many other movies. Uh, but, I mean, it's a good genre. It's a good subgenre of, of the genre, if you will. Uh, there, like, I, th- I feel like there's more good movies in this subgenre made from 2000 to present than there was prior to 2000. Uh, uh, probably, I mean... It, I mean, if you if you look at twenty years, then maybe, but you start going back to the seventies, and there were a lot of good supernatural ones in the seventies too. I mean, Rosemary's Baby, Exorcist, Omen. You know, it's just three off the top of my head that I'll deal with demons, not even getting into ghosts or anything like that. So, and the original House on Haunted Hill. Huh, the House on Haunted Hill, Shining. I mean, yeah. I was pissed the remake of House on Haunted Hill was 1999 because that was going to be very high up on my list. Yeah, I really like that movie. You know, it's it's a guilty pleasure because it was definitely a popcorn horror movie. But yeah, I, I like Tay Diggs. Yeah. I'm adopted. It, <laughs> so. it, the, yeah, it, the whole thing was actually really, really good. And goddamn, the sequel was not good no, at no, all. No, 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 no. Um. Yeah. So that kind of sums up my list. Um, I guess we should probably get into an actual chat about Sinister, since you and I both recently watched it. Them. Yes. So one thing I noticed in my my recent rewatch, and I think um, stuff that gets gets overlooked a lot in horror movies is that. Uh, the the sound within the movie can make or break uh i guess how scary it is um it go, goes along with the the ambiance and uh and creating and the filming filmography and creating you know uh memorable scenes and stuff and rewatching the f- both movies back to back sinister one had fucking excellent sound design and scoring and they knew when to pull back so there was no music the timing was really yeah. good in part one exactly uh not to mention that the the kid ghosts were all completely silent big big improvement well I, it's much better i don't yeah. want to say improvement you can't say improvement but you know what i mean yeah. a, a lot of what you were seeing in the first one especially when when it's just ethan hawkins watching the videos with the sound you don't know if that's sound that he's hearing or if that's just a soundtrack that we're hearing to underline you know the impressions that he's going through whereas they completely negated that in Sinister 2 by making that record play the entire time that every single video was playing they had the kids talk they had music be 
a part of the the whole thing, and I really think that's part of uh, one of the reasons why it didn't work. Like a lot of the jump scares had to do with sound and Sinister Two, rather than uh, you know the few that they had in, in the the first one. Wouldn't you say? I, I Sinister Two kind of came in with the handicap though because by now we know what the end goal you know we we know the premise so i i feel like it was a handicap going into it so they just said we're gonna make these kids talk we're gonna add this audio uh, to try to differentiate things and although it didn't work like there was nobody like watching video well the kids kind of were but they were what the kids were watching it with other kids it, it just i don't know if the silence do you think the silence still would have worked in Sinister 2? Well, I think part of it, too, was the fact that in Sinister 1, we had a single point-of-view character. You know, it was just, just Ethan Hawke. Everything we saw was through him. So when you realize that at the end, as it's happening, that his daughter has been watching these, all of these tapes and that she's come under possession of a ghoul, and you know, you're realizing what's going on at the same time that he and his family are being murdered it kind of punches it home. Whereas right from the get go, we know that one of the kids is being forced to watch the tapes, you know, the twist that it was the other brother that they were trying to prep. Right. Is, is a twist, but it's not anywhere near as big of, you know, a holy shit moment as the first one had. For all intents and purposes, Sinister two, not that I would have encouraged it, but I mean, Sinister two could have, just been everything from the daughter's standpoint in the first one because her story really wasn't told like we basically got it from the ethan hawk perspective they i mean and they kind of did that in sinister too only they used a different character but i'm just saying they could have actually done a movie from her perspective yeah i mean i don't i don't know if everybody would have been happy to come back and and see just a retread of the exact same movie Probably not. But, uh, I mean, A, I think part of it was they rushed it too much. They they had a hit, relatively speaking, for a horror movie, and they wanted to capitalize on it instead of letting the creator soak, see if it was even a good idea to make a story in the first place, and come back to it. I want to say that one thing that stood out to me in part two is I feel they they just went for it rather than um, I I like the idea that Deputy So-and-so was smart enough to go around burning the houses. You could have actually left that storyline if if you had confidence in Sister 2 being successful and leaving that storyline for even a part three because it was a cool subplot that didn't get much attention. I I liked that idea, but it just kind of got shoved in there with with the rest of part two. Yeah, they, I mean, they. one thing that I know a lot of people hit on when Sinister 2 came out was like the fact that, you know, Shannon Sossaman and James Ransom are basically the two big names and she hasn't really been anything major since maybe what was the one with Heath Ledger? Uh, the Order? Oh, okay, yeah. And, 
he's never really headlined anything. But I didn't think he did a bad job. In fact, I actually liked what they did with Deputy So and So in the sequel. You know, like you said, he he wasn't stupid. You know, he knew what was going on. He did his best that he could to, in order to uh, you know keep the shit from spreading. Unlike like a lot of people who just make stupid mistakes, stupid decisions uh, in a horror movie just in order to set up the plot. Yeah. Uh, his character, I don't want to say it was flawless, but I mean, he was a very well-written horror movie character yeah. that you could you could get behind completely. And the only, I mean, the only time that there was the the big mistake was going upstairs towards the end but i mean come on we all knew it was going to come one way or the other so they got it out of the way um speaking of the ending i'm sorry but was i the only person that was laughing towards the end when like everything was like flying around and like there's five kids yet the five kids are everywhere like no those kids are upstairs and downstairs and we know that there's a finite amount. We know that there's five kids. They weren't going to be able to do everything all at the same time that they were showing, and it just became silly to me. Yeah, no, I agree. It's same thing, like, the the whole Bagul fucking, like, the, uh, the jump scare at the end of the first one kind of worked because he had been, you know, he just walked out of screen, screen on the... Uh, the movie camera, and then he pops up outside of it, but just popping up like he did at the end of the second, I was like, come on. Yeah. And that leads me to a whole other thing that I really have to make fun of. And this is weird for me to say because I'm a huge fan of the Saw franchise, but my God, like, the first movie had some reasonable stuff stuff like it wasn't completely reasonable but you were like okay they drowned the family they tied people up in the car and they burned it whatever then part two let's hang people over water and have an alligator jump up and bite them like they just went from like zero to 90 in a second like that was such a weird jump to me like it, the, the death what? didn't make sense it, not only that but the first one there was an escalation you know, you, yes. you saw the family hang, which is horrible. You saw the family burn. You know, then the next one, they get their throats cut. Then the one after that has the fucking kid driving over them with the fucking lawnmower. You know, yeah. So each one is getting considerably more personal and more violent. And this one, you go from the alligators killing the people over the water to then what was the second one? Was it? Was it the uh, electrocution? Uh, the electrocution was either two or three, yeah. Then you go to them just being left outside to freeze to death. Then you go to the rats eating out the fucking stomach. You know, so, I mean, it was just like, there was there was no escalation. It was all over the place in regards to violence and, uh, and you know, where it was going. Yeah, and it, that kind of irked me. I didn't need... That's why I threw in Saw, because, you know, Saw kind of trying, kept trying to up the ante, so to speak. But they never... Uh, I don't want to say they, they never. Part 6, they definitely did. But, like, this just jumped up a scale for the sake of 
I don't know. It was violence for the sake of violence instead of telling a story. I, I'm not sure if the films told that great of a story. Like, it, it didn't make a ton of sense to me. Well, and I mean, part of part of the mystery of the first one is when he's watching him. You know, who the fuck is filming it? Where's the? Where the hell is this kid? You know, and then, and you know, everyone you see in the second one, it's the fucking kid. You know, it's the kid filming it, and they show it that it's the kid filming it. So, yeah. well, well, not in every single one of them, but you know, there are certain parts in the, in the, uh, in a few of the m- movies where you see like the kid, you know, where he's getting his shot set up from and all that shit. So, I, I would also say I was disappointed. Like, I like that they talked uh, about uh, in part two. They they talked about I'm trying to find the guy's name. Fucking Vincent D'Onofrio's character, mm-hmm. the the professor, and like in part two they talk about him, but like he's not there, which I understand he's not going to be there. But that could have been such a cool extra storyline that just went nowhere, and that's disappointing to me. Well, I think I think they were because because I just read something recently and that they were planning on making a part three if part two was successful. So I think that the whole. Dr. Jonas and the CB radio and all that shit would have come up more because you know he's like it's like Jonas is missing nobody's fucking seen him I got all this shit delivered from him kind of stuff so yeah the the radio definitely seemed like it was going to be a major plot point if a part three was to come about um also could they've made the father any more over the top like I get it. Like you made him so over the top that people were openly like really thrilled when he got burned alive. I but it almost seemed like the whole thing seemed a little much. Like worse than Walking Tall. He was <laughs> he was like fucking Snidely Whiplash. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I was waiting for him to twirl his mustache before I went into Raper. Yeah, I was like. Yeah. He could have tied her down to the train tracks. I, I, I don't know. Like, they just went a little... WWE ha- has not really made a heel that bad since Sergeant Slaughter. You know? Like, no, he was he was definitely over the top. It would have been much more effective, I think, in movie terms, if he had been an asshole but slightly sympathetic. You know, like, I want to say, like, the kind of character that David Strathairn plays a lot. Um, where, like... He's not necessarily, you know, or like, you know, like Jack Torrance. You, there was some good in him, and then he fucking falls. So, you know, you can see the fall. Or, you know, so you feel slightly sympathetic for the fact that this guy is getting burned alive. And, you know, yeah, right in front honestly, of his family. They, I mean, that, you know, going to fucking scar his son for the rest of his life. Besides the fact they, that his other son is the one, you know, trying to kill everybody. Like, they could have made it where, like, he cheated on his wife, so they had a falling out, and she just took the kids. And you could have understood the gravity of that situation between husband and wife, but he wasn't complete dick to the kids. And it still would have worked. But instead, he hired spies, he gets the state troopers involved, and then, like, that whole subplot was really bad to me. Just terrible, really. Uh, I mean, I th- I think a lot of it was just in an attempt in order to make James Ransom's character more important to her. Otherwise, he's just like, he's just a fucking dude visiting. Why the hell am I fucking even, you know? Yeah, they had to give a reason. I, I, I get it. I just wish they would went a slightly 
less over the top. Yeah, they could have, they could have made a much more believable version of him as a villain for the movie, and it would have been fine. At the end of the day, isn't that basically like the? I don't know. For me, that's the biggest takeaway: is that Sinister. I don't want to say it was subtle, but there was a lot of cool subtleties. The scorpion, the snake, all like it was subtle and it paced well. And Sinister Two was just like. We're gonna be like Fast and Furious, only in horror. Like, they just went too over the top, too big, instead of going back to some subtlety. I agree completely. It was um, Sinister One was subtle, Sinister Two was blatant. Yeah, uh, would if they were ever to consider a Sinister Three, would you would you prefer it to be an, another sequel or prequel? Well, I just what I just read recently kind of gives me a little bit of hope, but it kind of doesn't. But um, uh, they were talking to what's his name, Mark Bloom, Jeremy Bloom, the the guy ahead of Bloom House. Okay, yeah, I know what you're talking about. And he said, you know, we wanted to do a Sinister Three, but the sales weren't there for Sinister Two. But we really like the idea of the character of Bagul and all of his history and all of his mythology. So what we're planning on doing is adding him into an Insidious movie in the future somehow. We don't know how we're going to do it yet, but we want him to not vanish as a character. That's interesting. And I've, Very interesting. That's what I, I, was, I said. I was like, you know, I mean, I don't know where they could go ahead with, you know, especially because like the last two Sinister movie, or excuse me, Insidious movies have been prequels. But I'm like throwing him into the mix. Yeah, I was like, a I could see him existing in the same universe, and b like especially if they brought back like the original family, you know, like uh, Patrick Wilson and, and Rose Byrne. I was like, yeah, I could see, yeah, that would, I could see that potentially working down the road. You know, I could also see it potentially fucking crashing both franchises. But you know, here's hoping. Yeah, uh, I mean, honestly, I w- I would love to see uh, a a period piece with, 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 with the character. I, I, I don't know. Cause it's all through imaging. So, I mean, if you went to a time before video cameras, I think that could be an interesting story to tell. Oh, definitely. Or even, um, shit. If they went over and did like some of the fucking story in Norway, you know, like where the, the, uh, recording was coming from. Yeah. Mommy stopped yeah. screaming. Google can't hear me playing. <laughs> like, f- fuck that. That that was actually probably one of the better things of the sequel. It really yeah. was. But yeah, I don't know. Part one will will could will live on, but part two, uh, I think, will mainly just be a, a very big missed opportunity. It wasn't, you know, for me, it wasn't like Nightmare on Elm Street and then Nightmare on Elm Street two. It was more just like, here's a good movie, and here's just an okay sequel. Well, yeah, it, it was uh, not that you know, but I mean, like, Mirrors and Mirrors 2, and uh, Quarantine and Quarantine 2. Quarantine 2 was not that good. Yeah. Um, hey, here's a question, there, because I've only seen the first one. Did okay. The, were the Wreck sequels better, better than, like, the Quarantine sequels? Yes, I really liked Wreck One and Wreck Two. Wreck Three, 
if I'm not mistaken, was the one at the wedding, and I didn't care much for it. And by the time I got to Rec 4, I'm like, ugh. But Rec 4 was entertaining. It was on a ship, and I don't want to say it was good. I want to say it was very entertaining, and maybe it's because I came from that lull of Part 3, three where I wasn't too gung-ho. But Part 4 was fun. And Rec 2 and Quarantine 2 do not align it at all. So, uh, that's a good thing. A very good thing. Gotcha. I think Rec 2 takes place in that same building, only with a different cast of characters. I remember, I think it sounded like that from, from like the synopsis that I read, but yeah, for some reason, I've just never seen him. I forced myself, I don't know, two, three years ago, and uh, I, I wasn't disappointed. Like I said, uh, by and large, it was a good use of my time. So... Yeah, uh, I don't know. Just another in the line of, I mean, really, I don't know what what genre does it does a sequel worse, action movies or horror movies? I can make a case for both. Or comedy movies. Probably comedy. I would say comedy does it worse than than the other two. Uh, definitely. Because a, a lot of what makes things funny is seeing it for the first time, and then you get just repetitions of that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, I, I horror and action both both ha, would definitely have their own argument uh, for it. But anyway, uh, I don't. Do you have anything else to add to sinister discussion? Uh, I yeah, you know, just the the cameos were were good in both of the movies. You know, I forgot what the uh, the character actor who plays the sheriff in the first one. In the first one. The, oh! Uh, Fred Dalton Thompson. Yeah, I mean, he's just... You know, he really helps set the... He gets through a whole bunch of exposition without actually expositing anything right in the first one, and he does it really well. I mean, that guy um, doesn't get enough cro- credit or props for, for what he does. Uh, same thing with the, the priest in the second one. You know, just that little one scene he's in, but he helps set up, like, the whole theme of the, you know, or the feeling of the movie. Do they ever explain what the hell the green stuff is that people drink? Nope. Never explained it. I would like to know about that more. Although, I mean, it's not anything that's going to nag at me. It's just, you know, one of those things I would like to know. I don't know if I want to (laughs) know. But, like, all right, so here's... Are we led to believe, does the kid do all, the whole setup, or does the goal come to real life and help the kid do the setup? See, that's one of the things that I think the second one fucked up, because it seemed to me in the first one that you could explain away all of the strength needed to, like, lift the family up into the tree by saying, oh... Bagul was able to assist the kid. You know, the kid knocked out the family, so they weren't struggling and weren't resisting, but he was able to help. You know, and then it's, you know, it's Ethan Hawke trying to, um, uh, what's it called, uh, make sense of it when he's like, oh, well, you know, they used, you know, the, they did the dirty work by using gravity in the tree and all that shit, so. But, uh, you know, it would seem to say that it's supposedly just the kid doing all the work in the second one when you see the the son you know driving the truck and using it to pull the the crosses with them on it up so who the fuck knows 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I was just I was trying to figure that that one out a little bit because, yeah, I I feel part one, you could at least make the argument for plausibility. Uh, yeah, I, I also really liked in part one. I loved the the paintings on the wall. I I love things like that. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think that's what's cool about having kids in horror is when they do creepy shit like that. That's the redeeming factor of having a kid in in a horror movie, in my opinion. Oh, I mean, Charlie fucking was what sold Hereditary for me. I mean, just <laughs> oh yeah, creepy as fuck. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. So all right. Um, I just want to quickly say that if anybody's interested in like reading any of this stuff versus just listening to us ramble. Uh, go to the website nineduce.com slash blogs slash. That's my promotion. I'll try to do it one more time before we end this. I am terrible at it. That being said, you guys should drag your ass over there because there's a ton of content in addition to this, but also a whole bunch of shit that Kent goes over without me. Um, so, Kent, what are we doing again for next month? Next month, our topic is going to be um, movies that we feel are prime for a remake. Um, we'll do a top ten, uh, each of us. Chris and I will probably have like six of the same damn thing. <laughs> Maybe not. Like, Actually, this is one of those times where I think this might be kind of interesting. I don't think we're going to have as many... A lot of times we do have a lot of things that overlap. I, well, I think this one. A, a lot be. of times our top ten is something relatively specific in order to not make it a top one hundred. Right, a very typical like subgenre or something that you know eighties mm-hmm. slashers. You know, there's only so many to go around. This one, it's open, open season. I'm excited for it, and I'm assuming this kind of came about because of all the uh, Stephen King movies getting remade. Uh, well, I mean, I was between that and the fact that I was thinking about, like, uh, looking at the list. You know, some of the, um, some of like the '90s shit that missed. You know, the list for this, and then I started thinking, oh, you know, some of it would be really ripe for a remake. You know, like. I know that like the Nightmare on Elm Street remake bombed, but in the, the hands of you know the right person, uh, would it have done well, you know. Or looking at like uh, Jordan Peele talking about doing the the remake of Candyman coming up, you know. Hopefully, he does a good job with it because that was one of the fucking scariest movies of my young teens. So. I I'm so. I'm excited and so concerned. Like, there's a weird angst in the air for me. Is that coming out this year? Uh, no, I think if... I don't even know if they started filming it, but... um, I know the cast Candyman. If if anything, I would say 2020, probably. All right. I, I, you know, I lied. There's two movies I'm seeing this year. I'm seeing it, and I'm seeing uh, the Rob Zombie movie that's coming out in October. Well, I mean, I'm definitely... The next movie I'm seeing is definitely Avengers Endgame, so... I have never seen any of the Marvel movies in a theater. And just like that, we end our show tonight. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I, I really don't go to the movies that often anymore. And it, like, if I did, like, if I went five times a year, I would 
go see them. I'm pretty sure. No, no, uh, I mean, I agree. Like for the most part, the movies I try to see in a the theater are the ones where the special effects and whatnot have you make it a, a big difference than rather than seeing it on my home home theater setting, which you know is I don't even have fucking surround sound now because. Uh, I don't even know why I don't have it now because we used to um, but uh, you know like I'm glad I saw The Conjuring in the theater but for the most part like I think horror movies lend themselves just as well to being watched on the small screen as they do on the big screen they, they do and the only reason why at least half the movies I see in the theater are horror is due to anticipation that that gets me a lot. I, I have an issue if I get something built up too much in my mind, I have to freaking see it. Uh, you know, I mean it's fucking Star Wars effect, if you will. Like, even if you heard episode one sucked, the anticipation was so much in your mind you had to go see it. I hated episode eight, and I guarantee I'll still fucking see episode nine in the theater just to see whether or not I'm going to like it or not. I didn't see episode 8 in the theater. I meant to, and... Wait, episode 8. No, I saw that. Which one didn't I see? I didn't see Han Solo. Yeah, I haven't. I, didn't see, I still haven't seen that. <laughs> yeah, I saw 7 and 8 in the theater, and 8 was... 8 was one of those movies where I walked out with another friend named Chris, and it was just like instantly like, well, didn't really care for this, didn't care for this, didn't care. Like, the checklist was on. I, I went and saw it with my dad, right? And my dad walked out, and he loved it. And we've been, you know, the whole reason I'm a fan of everything I'm a fan of is because of my parents. You know, very... Well, okay, I take that back. The whole reason I'm a fan of music is because of my brother. I will say this. He, my Jay influenced my what I listened to by... You know, being relatively the same age and having better taste than I did when I was our age. But, um, you know, my parents influenced what I like in movies, what I like in books, what I liked in TV. Um, you know, a lot of my entertainment sensibilities. And I walked out with from my dad and I'm like, he fucking loved it. I'm like, this was the fucking biggest disappointment I've ever spent money on in my entire life. So. Wow, so you really, really, really didn't like party. No, and like, my biggest problem wasn't, isn't even the fact that there are people who love it, or people who liked it. My biggest problem with it was the fact that because of there was so much controversy around why some people hated it, that if you had a valid reason that didn't exist within, you know, like the social justice framework, you were completely negated anyways because there were so many vocal people hating it because there was a woman hating it because there was a black person hating it because you know blah 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 rather than no the story was poorly written it was incoherent it didn't flow from episode seven if you have to partake of outside media to understand why you know 30 seconds after the end of the previous movie you know the entire galaxy like situation has changed then it's probably not doing a good idea of explaining like there's so much that could have been fixed with just a few dialogue tweaks and i would have been like okay i don't like the decisions that you made but i understand why you make them but there's just like i, I just go through and i can list a plot hole and plot hole and plot hole 
And, you know, because I've been such a Star Wars fan for so long, you know, it, you know, it's easy to pick up on something like that. You know, same way, like, I look at, like, a, a comic book movie, and if I don't differentiate the comic from the movie, you know, it's really easy to be like, well, this isn't what happened in the comics, and this isn't. Compared to, you know, like, somebody who's never read comics coming in and being like, wow, this is a fucking great movie. Yeah, so. And everything you just said is one of the reasons why I like doing this particular podcast, because even when we don't agree, we don't act like the irrational motherfuckers of today's society, the vocal minority, the assholes that have to be on one side or the other. We can just have a nice conversation about it and be rational human beings. Well, it's, I mean, the big thing, and like you said, and that's the internet age, is we're speaking to each other. We're, you know, we're talking to each other, not face-to-face, but voice-to-voice. The, the really a big, uh, not a proponent of the whole anonymity, anonymity of the internet. You know, I mean, it used to be like, if you were going to talk shit or you're going to be a bully, you know, and you did it to somebody's face, it was because you were either unafraid of them or you understood that there was a risk that that person would turn around and kick the shit out of you. Now, I mean, you can be a bully from the comfort of your own seat, you know, in your home, never have to worry about any repercussions because, hey, what the fuck, nobody's going to find out who I am on the internet. I can say whatever the fuck I want to say. It doesn't matter if it's going to hurt somebody's feelings or, you know, cause somebody to commit suicide in a fucking, you know, way skewed, far, you know, egregious example you know it's the age that we live in it makes it makes something like this more valuable to at least to me because it's tougher and tougher to find people to have a good conversation about a topic that i'm passionate about It, it it just is like it's tough i don't really like talking sports to many people because sports is just like a Unless you both just agree, and then you're just fucking filleting each other, for lack of a better term. Well, like, <laughs> you, you've relatively lived up in the same area for the most of your life, right? I, yeah, I've been in this area my whole life. Yeah. So, so who do we fucking support as a fucking college team up there? Uh, I mean, t- we either have Siena or Syracuse, usually, yeah, or Albany. But I mean, I mean, really looking at, like, college football for example we don't have a team in fucking upstate new york you know oh no syracuse is syracuse is big in um you know basketball but you know that's that's pretty much it i mean so like i come i come down to like this area of the country you know southern florida and all of a sudden you know there's you know miami there's uh fsu there's florida state and uh or excuse me University of Florida and Florida State, and yeah, you, know, you have people who like fucking getting to getting to fights and arguments and disagreement, like fist fights, over their fucking college team. I'm like, did you even go there? They're like, no. I'm like, then what? You know, it's just something that I don't understand. I mean, I can understand liking pro sports because shit, New York has what like 17 more teams than fucking every other goddamn state. Because you know we have people in New Jersey calling us them New York teams and sorry. I was gonna say like half the teams are in New Jersey, but yeah, go New York. <laughs> So I mean, it's, I, it's just something I don't get. I'm completely with you on that. You know, um, it's kind of like the high school mentality, though. Like when you were in high school, it's like go team, and any other people that come from a different school, fuck them. You, you know, and then I mean, you get into college, and you're like, what? Looking at where we came from, though, I mean, at least like with the oldest high school rivalry in the country, that 
that kind of makes sense, you know, comparatively to, you know, certain other areas. But yeah, like, or cars, you know, I, I've worked on cars, I drive a car, but I'm not like a car fucking nut. So when people sit around and they're like, oh, you know, I got so much fucking torque from blah, blah, blah. I, it's like fucking completely alien to me. But then again, I can't tell you how many times like I've had a conversation with somebody regarding like Dungeons and Dragons, and everybody else around me is their eyes are just glazing over because they have no fucking interest or don't have any idea of what I'm talking about. So, the thing for me that a lot of my friends talk about, and I I'm just clueless, is guns. Like, I don't I don't own a gun. I've I've shot a gun a couple times in my life. I'm just not I'm not a gun person. I'm not anti guns by no means. It's just. You know, not for me. I I have a machete. I'm happy with my choice in life, and, and you have a everybody else like it. knows shit. And I'm like, huh? I don't know goddamn thing here. So it's like politely nod. <laughs> I I feel, and then I'm like, yeah, well, Bret Hart got attacked at the Hall of Fame and fucking dead silence. I'm like, fuck. God damn it. Like, who is stupid enough to do that? I, Dude, saw the, the worst I saw the video after you told me about it. I'm like, holy shit, that guy got working, worked over. So today, and this just goes back to how dumb society is. I'm reading on, on one of the sites I go to, and this guy's like, yo, that guy should definitely sue Travis Brown and any of the other wrestlers that attacked him because, yo, that wasn't fair after he was apprehended to still get hit. And I'm sitting there thinking, you're advocating for this guy suing people for stopping him from violence. <laughs> that didn't make any sense to me. It blew my mind that this guy was like arguing with people saying that that guy should sue WWE for him getting his ass kicked because he attacked Bret Hart and Natalia. And he and you know what? He'll he'll probably sue and he'll probably win because that's the way our legal system works. Utterly fucking it, ridiculous. It baffled me and yeah, made me cry just a little bit on the inside. Um, some we should get to quickly. Uh, you and I, we made the decision beforehand. We were going to pick a movie for the other person to watch and then discuss about discuss it. Um, the next podcast, which I'm going to say, probably we're not going to do another horror podcast until like say the week after or two weeks after Game of Thrones because. Uh, just for everybody to know, we're going to be doing a Game of Thrones podcast. So, so we're that's probably be looking at what? The June next one? Yeah, June? June June-ish sometime? Game, yeah, of, so Game of Thrones should be months. ending right around the end of May, beginning of June. Right, yeah, it's six episodes. So, yeah, we'll probably be back right around the beginning of June. So, we're each going to pick a movie that the other person hasn't seen. And I'm torn. Uh, I'll, I'll give you the option. I'll ask you, what would you rather watch? The Autopsy of Jane Doe or Mirrors? Because they're both good. Um, I will actually watch both for you. Okay. Because I'm, I'm really interested in seeing The Autopsy of Jane Doe, but I also want to see Mirrors. Now, after you talked it up, so I'll see them both. Uh, have you seen Lights Out yet? <laughs> Still haven't even okay. <laughs> I'm giving you. I'm giving you Lights Out. Okay. Do you have anything else? I'm down with watching a second movie. It's two months, basically. Um, I should, I don't even remember what else you hadn't seen. Um, definitely in your in your list in your honorable mention, there was a couple that I had not seen. 
Do you have that list? Yeah, let me go through Cabin in the Woods, Jeepers Creepers, The Others, Darkness Falls, The Grudge, Exorcism of Emily Rose, Silent Hill, Dead Silence, Paranormal Activity Rack, Midnight Meat Train, Quarantine, Case 39, The Last Exorcism, The Possession, The Woman in Black, Mama, The Quiet Ones, We're Still Here, The Conjuring Part 2, Lights Out, Annabelle Creation, The Ritual, Hereditary, Ones I... Oh, here, I'll, just, I'll give you Fragile to go with it since I haven't seen it, and then you can tell me if it's any good. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, the other two was Case 39, which I'm not sure if I've seen, and I that know I haven't seen Woman in Black. That w- Case 39 was the one with Renelle's, Renee Zellweger, where she plays the social worker and she gets the... Uh, I watched some of it. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah. It was, you know, I, I started to remember more and more as I... Um, I was like, did I see this? And I was like, oh yeah, I saw it. Because I remember the whole part where like Ian McShane dies and the part where Bradley Cooper dies. And Yeah, it was star-studded. It was on Netflix for a while. That's the only reason why I know I watched it. So, All right, yeah, Fragile sounds good and Lights Out sounds good. Um, what else do we got? Yo, another thing we have coming up, because uh, we were talking about Marvel, is... Oh yeah, we're doing, the, uh, we're doing a ranking of the 21 Marvel cinematic universe movies leading up to Avengers Endgame. Uh, hopefully we get some other uh, people chiming in on this. Um, shit, if you're on the internet and you want to chime in on this, send your uh, list to uh, Kent at 9deuce.com. I'm sure he'll be able to get it to us somehow and we'll, we'll make it do. But, um, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I saw... Like a couple people on like Collider and stuff doing it. I'm like, holy shit, I fucking don't disagree with any, or excuse me, I don't agree with any of this. They fucking have no idea what they're talking about. So, Isn't uh, that the whole fun part about List is that you can't help yourself. You read them, and the whole time you're like, fuck, I know I'm going to disagree with it. It, it, you know, it's, it would be more interesting to me to find a list where I'm like, holy shit, fucking, these people are reading my mind. Is it my twin? You know, then, uh, Something where I disagree with, because let's face it, I disagree with a lot of people. I just came across it was like the top seventy-five uh, music and horror, you know, which intrigued me because we'd done that, and I'm sitting there like, no, no, like they got like a couple of them at the top right, but there was other ones. I'm just were they were they doing like songs or were they doing like uh, soundtracks? Basically. Okay, like gotcha. Yeah, so yeah. It, there was a lot of head shaking going on by me. Uh, you know, it, it is what it is, but I, I think lists are fun as long as you can have a conversation versus a hugely critical, like, you know what I mean? Like, just some social fucking decorum. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward. I've seen your list, and there's a lot of things... Uh, there's a lot of things that we agree on. I'd say probably close to 80%, like... Movies are within like two spots of each other, so I would say that's a pretty good agreement on a lot of things. Good. Um, what else we got? We got. The, uh, like I said, we're doing the Game of Thrones podcast. We're doing a Game of Thrones blog over at nineduce.com/slash/blogs/slash. Um, I know Jim's going to be in it. Uh, I assume you'll participate. Uh, yes. I don't know. I I hope we get a. Uh, decent, I don't know. It'd be nice to have like seven people so I get a bunch of different viewpoints. I would say like three or four because the more people you get, the less I get to talk. So <laughs> That is true. That is true. I just like 
insulting. Well, it's not so much an insult as commentary. <laughs> uh, I'm really interested in seeing the, what predictions we made last season actually come true. Yeah, because yeah. between the three of us, you know, the two of us, and, you know, and Raylene when she was chiming in, and I think we got a bunch that we came up with. I don't. Even, I probably have to go back and listen to the last one we did to see what the hell we were talking about. Yeah, for the past month I've been like, yeah, I'm gonna go back and watch every Game of Thrones because I got no life. And then WrestleMania happened, and today's Thursday, and I haven't started yet. And I don't know. I could possibly still pull it off if I got no sleep. But that's, I think that's about the only way I could pull that off moving forward. So I'm not going to be able to binge. I think I'm going to try to get through the first two or three seasons, though. I think it's the older stuff that I need to re-familiarize myself with. Like, I just don't have the memory. Gotcha. But I, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Um, something else. Uh, I told you at the be- before we start. I said I had this. I'd read this theory. And I liked it. Um, so it relates to Fight Club. And somebody talked about the fact that uh, Tobin Bell, um, fuck, John Kramer, mm-hmm. and, and Saw, was a member of Project Mayhem. And they point to the scene where Tyler Durden, it's like outside the gas station or whatever, and told the guy, like, what do you want to be? And he's like a veterinarian or something like that. And he. You know, basically told him to go out and like not take life for granted, or else he was going to find him, hunt him down, and kill him, type thing. <laughs> and I was like, I don't believe in the theory, but I love that fucking theory. Like, that, it, so that John Kramer was actually Tobin Bell's character in uh, Fight Club, and then <laughs> yeah, Tyler Durden set him on the path to become Jigsaw. Yeah, like the whole theory is that John, like that. I don't know. That's funny to me. Like, I don't know. It's it's silly. I read this whole. There was like I don't even know. It was it was two pages on the internet, so I don't know. It was probably three ri- pages written or typed out. I would say um, it was about the whole Saw franchise. It was pretty interesting. The guy had wrote it uh, right dur- right when Saw 3D Part Seven came out. Um, I mean, I didn't agree with everything, but it was really well written. I, I liked that, um, and, and that was one of the things that was brought up. I was like, that's it's witty at the very least. I mean, it's no, no, it's about as dumb as you know Kevin fucking McAllister growing up to be John Kramer. But uh, <laughs> yeah, which that, I, I still love that theory. That still makes me laugh. Um, but yeah, uh, I would actually I say know. Kevin might have grown up to be the collector because we never got the collector's name. Yeah, like. When we rewatched the collector, that because he was just a freaking smart, yeah, it would make way more sense. It really would. Uh, so, um, anything? I'm trying to think if I'm going through my notes. Uh, it was just revealed uh, this week, I believe, that American Horror Story is going to be set in 1984 and doing a slasher, and I feel like a lot of things are going back to the 80s. I mean. I know a lot of people are saying, well, Stranger Things, they're copying Stranger Things, but have you noticed, like, things coming back to the 80s and anything else? Because I seem to. Yeah, no, it's um, it's the whole nostalgia th- n- nostalgia thing. You know, now uh, we're getting to be the age where if we're not the generation in charge, we're at least, you know, the generation in charge of spending money, 
So the nostalgia they're playing on is for the 80s, you know, our, the year we, the age we grew up in, as compared to, you know, like 10 years ago, it was the 70s. You know, 10, 15 years from now, it might be the 90s, you know, or the early 2000s kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, we, our generation is the generation that have kids, so we're going to pay for the movie tickets or the TV shows, whatever. Exactly. It, 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 it makes sense. I'm excited for it, although. I mean, American Horror Story is what it is. It's one of those things that it's going to have its good moments, it's going to have its bad moments, and that, that's just the way it is. That's the way it is with damn near most, you know, See, I 98%. Thought, I thought for uh, a couple of years ago, like after Apocalypse, they said that, excuse me, not after Apocalypse, what was the cult? I thought they said after cult, AHS was going to be over with, and I would have been completely fine with that. You know, I don't know how Apocalypse did, but at the same time, you know, I'm like, Oh, you know how many, how many times can you mine different genres with the same people and be effective? Like reading some of your podcasts, I mean, I, I think you felt the same way that it been going downhill for several years. Yeah, Apocalypse was like Apocalypse was actually the epitome of the nostalgia for the American Horror Story fans because it went back to Murder House and uh, Coven and. They probably should have tried ending it on that quote-unquote high watermark because uh, I, it can only realistically go downhill. And a lot of people thought that it was going to be ending because Netflix had signed up yeah, Ryan Murphy. Yeah, the, the what, $7 million deal or whatever it was that they, they hired Yeah, for. yeah. And I don't know, it's still... It, I think there's at least two this season, and I think next season's already signed up. So that probably will be it i would imagine like even evan peters isn't doing american horror story this year so uh yeah you know it's it's played its course it's i don't really know the only other thing that they could do that would be kind of interesting if they wanted to uh go the walking dead route where they're gonna make made for tv movies that would be something they could do and i think fans of American Horror Story would totally eat up a made-for-TV movie on FX. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could, I could definitely see that because there's a lot of people who who would have liked to have worked with him, who just can't commit based on their schedules to you know an entire season's worth of uh, television. So. Yeah, I, I think that would be interesting. But all right. Uh, with that being said, I have everything off of my list completely checked off. Do you have anything else that you want? to promote or talk about no i'm uh i'm pretty pretty sure we talked about everything again you know hit up nineduce.com uh look for our marvel and game of thrones stuff getting ready to come out within the foreseeable future and i think that's it for me yeah that's it for me so yeah if you if you're into the podcast and you go to nineduce.com Click the blue hand. If you like reading, click the red pill hand. And there's a whole world of fuckery out there for you. That's all I got. (laughs) Also, I want to say that... You know what? I'm looking forward to the new Joker movie. Yeah, me too. I really like Joaquin Phoenix as an actor. Yeah, I, I, I really do too. And I just saw the trailer... Well, I think the trailer... Or the newest trailer was just released or whatever and 
Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. That actually a possible third movie I'd go to the theater to see. So gotcha. That's it for me. All right, Internet, have a good night, and we'll talk to you in about a month and a half.